This is the Critical Conversations podcast, a KPOV special project developed to feature unique perspectives and the courage it takes to go there, challenge mundane thought, and question the norm. All right, everyone. This is a new series, or actually, hopefully, the start of a few conversations. Uh, My name is Terrell Young. I'm with my wife, Kimberly Young, and we're going to call this the couple's conversation, right? And so it's basically us chatting about our experiences um, and things that we've seen, uh, which is, you know, quite interesting living in, in Central Oregon. And let's go ahead. Hey, let's get this thing started. You know, we're just going to chat like we would at home, right? <laughs> and basically, you know, I'm going to ask uh, Kim, uh, you know, where is she from? And, you know, when did she get to Virginia? And how long did she stay there in Virginia? I'm from Ben, or actually I'm from um, Crescent, Gilcrest, Lapine. Um, so I've been here all my life, basically. I am a native from Lapine. I lived there for about, I don't know, 16 years, 15 years. Then I ended up moving to Crescent. And from there, um, I was there till I finished school, which was in 2000. Um, then I ended up going to Virginia because of my ex-husband being in the military. And so I am a product of the Ben Lapine School District and the Klamath County School District. So you can only imagine everything that I have seen from when I was growing up to when my kids, our kids were growing up. So, yeah, Um, basically it's a big giant change coming from an area where I'm living in Crescent Gilcrest. No black people at all, zero. Um, had no black people so when I got to Virginia the first thing I noticed was black people quite a, quite a bit <laughs> just slightly because the first thing I said was wow there's a lot of black people out here <laughs> and everything so yeah I mean what was like the difference you would I mean was it um, as far as like what you saw like stores banks um, well I mean talking about the racial makeup of places inside of um inside of the stores and things that you would see like when you visited virginia like you know when you went to a kmart walmart a bank um well when you when i went to like a kmart a walmart a target anywhere like that there's everybody but just everybody there there's mixtures of everybody there's not just one race there's not just white people mm-hmm. <laughs> you look over your shoulder and there's like there could be a hispanic there you look on your other shoulder black people white people there's just everything so it's very diverse out there compared to here because here is not diverse at all people say it's getting diverse it's not getting diverse personally it's to me i've seen it have grown up in it it's just it is what it is. Yeah, it's weird because you have um, you have black people in banks, you have black lawyers, you have black people in the military. It's just a, a weird dynamic when you come here. So you have black people all over the place there. It doesn't matter where you go. You're they gonna make s- you feel welcoming too. Yeah, I, that that is funny because 
you know, us living here for, you know, 16 to 18 years, I remember we took a trip back and I remember that Southern hospitality is it's a it's a odd feeling. You get it from white and black people, even though it's the South, right? It's 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 different because when I went to uh, Florida last year in Georgia, the people out there are a lot nicer than here. They welcome you. They don't look down at you. They they just welcome you, and you don't feel like you don't belong. I guess you could say. And they're just nice. It's what they say, Southern hospitality. Yeah, it's it is very odd. I remember us living there for two years. Our our kids were you know one and two, um, and when we came here, I remember the transition for me was difficult because I'm like, man, where I'm going to work at? Where? And I'm in Crescent, right? So I'm like, what am I going to do here? You know. So we ended up staying. We uh, moved to uh, Ben. And it was very, very uh, difficult. Um, you feel out of place. Um, you don't feel like you're wanted there. Um, it's definitely different. And even when people are friendly, it, it seems that they really don't want you there. That's just the general feeling that, that I got. There's these kind of like microaggressions that they do to show you that you're not really uh a part of of this Ben community, um, and one thing I want to definitely talk about, definitely is you know the white privilege that you have being here, and that's kind of where I got a lot of my information from, based on before I was even doing activism here. Um, like, what were some of the things that that you noticed? And we can even start in Virginia. I remember you was a manager at Rite Aid. Remember that. Yep, I was a manager at Rite Aid, and Rob, our friend Rob, he's like my brother, he's like your brother or whatever, and um, he was working there, and I had another, we had another associate that was black that was a cashier there, and working on the strip, you know, you get Virginia Beach, oceanfront, so you can only imagine (laughs) the type of people that are out there, and a lady came in and came up to me and said, I was like, he can help you. My cashier can help you down there. He was, you know, he's black. So she looked, she said, no, I don't want him taking my money. I don't want to go to him. And I said, okay, well, if that's how you feel, then I have the right to uh, refuse service and you can get out of my store. Yeah, I remember that. You were pretty hot and uh, pissed off when uh, <laughs> you uh, came home and told me that whole situation. But it's a lot of situations like it's that. It's just that like happens. another situation where we were staying in a hotel and people next door didn't think that anybody was next door. And they called our kids the N-word. Yep. And I heard it. Yeah, I remember that. Yep, they they ended up getting kicked out. They got um, kicked out. Well, she didn't get kicked out. She went out the front back door because I mm. told her I was waiting for her outside in the hallway. Yeah, yeah. She well, she ended up getting kicked out as well for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- what was interesting is she was like a prostitute or something. But she was while she's calling our kids the N word, she's prostituting herself to black men. I thought yep. that was quite interesting and quite frightening. Yeah. Uh, for these black men, because they don't know what they're getting into, uh, waiting for the rape word to come in. Waiting. I mean, I'm sitting there like, wow. So we you, we got it back there 
as well is out here. So no place is exempt from getting that because our kids got it here too mm-hmm. when we stayed in apartments. Yep. When we were going, when they were going to the Bend Lapine School District, mm-hmm. they had a teacher. I'm not going to say no names, but they had a teacher. He's still playing teacher or whatever. And he supposedly changed. But he openly admitted saying that he treated our kids differently. While my son gets thumped on the head and being called stupid. Mm -hmm. And being put in a room by himself. Now this is with Malachi. Mm -hmm. And Malachi calling me and you you know and the teachers and everything saying we can't control him we don't know what's wrong well i could tell you what's wrong he's being singled out for the exact same thing that his friends were doing but his friends they were fine they didn't get thumped on the head by this teacher and called stupid or belittled when we stayed at an apartments yeah he admitted to some racial racial targeting as well um, I thought that was quite interesting, and then and this is um, at yeah, this a is middle school, middle middle school, yeah, and then and now he's running with another nonprofit. I'm not going to mention their names, but I, I just find that uh, quite interesting. Um, but he's in with that nonprofit group, and everybody's saying, "Give him a chance. He wants change." Once you cross that line with me and my kids, it's just hard for me to go back and for, forgive and forget because my kids they haven't forgot. Right, because he didn't get any act right until after we went up to the school and started doing what we had to do to correct the problem. So then all of a sudden, I guess his answer is to let's join one of these non, you know, one of these groups of color that are, you know, out here in Bend. Um, We'll just join one of them and then everything is going to be a clean slate. Uh, Maybe I'll try to help that way. Um, it don't work like that. Yeah, it doesn't work that way because I feel like if he wanted to reach out to us, he should have done reached out to us a long time ago, a especially time ago. especially if he had admitted it. And it's not only that with you. You're able to get in the areas where I remember you went to. I, I dropped, went to a party yeah. with my friend, and they were sitting. We were in the kitchen and everything, and then they started talking, really, like, just talking and then they said something i forgot what they said but it was something about black people or slaves it was about slaves these were these were white hispanics right yep (laughs) they were white hispanics Mm -hmm. and so they start talking about um be a slave you know like black people are supposed to be slaves and stuff like that and i was like hold up i was like um you guys don't i was like what (laughs) i was just like flabbergasted and just like our friend Belinda, she was like, uh, mm-hmm. and I was like, do you guys not know who I'm married to? Do you not know who my husband is? You know, and they didn't realize that I was married to a black guy. A lot of mm-hmm. these people out here, I could talk to anybody. I can go and talk to a group of people that don't know me and not have you around. And they're not mm-hmm. going to think that I'm married and have mixed kids. When I worked at Prestige and these people didn't know me and I showed them my kids, they're like, oh, they're mixed. Yeah, they're mixed. And then I show them a picture. Of you. Oh, you're you're with a black guy. Yeah, I am. I'm married to one. And that's just how I am. When we were at 
when we were at um, CLCC, I would walk behind people, hear them talk greasy about you guys again. You know, mm-hmm. calling you guys cockroaches and how you guys are just multiplying out here and everything like that. Yep. I hear all that. Yep. And and that's the privilege of you being white and, and a woman, right? You're able mm-hmm. to get into certain places. And this is why my trust issues have been real funny about people who are in the movement and people who do uh, certain things. And it's not just that. It's so bad here that I, one thing I noticed, I remember we met a few black families, right, that black families just, no matter what the makeup of the families were, they were all black families, and all of them have moved. Most of them have got out of here, right? And there's a reason for that. And and there's a lot of self-hate, and there's a lot of politics in interracial relationships. I know us, when we go to, to eat or if we were double dating with people, some of the strangest things would be said, like, it's snowing in here, you know, by black men. Um, just a whole lot of I like white women only black. I can't stand black women Why we're sitting here in an interracial relationship. Right. Date who you want. But when you start using it as a political tool or a self-hate tool, I have a problem with that. And that's what we would see. The black families would get ran off by the interracial couples. Mm-hmm. Because they they said okay well they're interracial but maybe there's some camaraderie in there but for the most part a lot of the interracial couples are the problem because of the politics of what they think they are right mm-hmm. you know there's some people might say hey man I'm not I'm Nigerian I'm not black like them you know what I mean and I got uh, a white yeah, right yeah you are right would would <laughs> that would they would say stuff like that at the table and I'm like dude what you know so that mindset. Of what's going on, and then the white woman is sitting there agreeing with the stuff. You, you see what I mean? White and, woman has issues too, right? They're, they're agreeing with it, and I'm sitting there like, man, what, <laughs> what kind of town am I in right now? What, what does that really mean when you have an interracial relationship? And that goes from from everything. You know, when I was in at CLCC learning about, I remember the white women would always ask, "Why do these white men like all these Asian women?" I couldn't understand that at first. That was my beginning of studying white supremacy. And what happened was there was a guy um, s- sitting at the table, but I didn't know he was, you know, suspected white supremacist. And he was talking about how they're going to Asian women because a lot of them in Asia, and this is just the way it is in some cases, a lot of them have the same white supremacist thinking as them. Right. So they would choose the Asian woman. So when I would see them together. Right. I'm always having a red flag. Doesn't mean anything. They always throw up. Hey, this is just interracial relationships. But there's politics in that, too. Right. Not saying everybody does it, but a lot of them were like, hey, man, we got the same views as this white man. Right. We, we are we are white like them. That's what you saw when you went to that party where you had these white Hispanics and some of them were dark Hispanic. This was basically an Hispanic party. Right. It was, it was a Hispan- Hispanic it was party. A, but well, they yeah, considered it was a themselves Hispanic party right. and they they considered themselves. Privileged also, I guess. You right. Could say. Like everything like that. And they didn't realize that they're. They, they, they just didn't realize. Yeah, they got comfortable around you because you were white, mm-hmm. because they saw themselves as being white. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the Oregon has a 
major, 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 major problem with that. I'm noticing that everywhere I go. I look and see the combinations on Galveston, the combinations of a mixed people eating, majority of them white on Galveston, or anywhere you go where you eat. It's mostly white people or people who have that little tone, that little olive skin, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a, there's something, right? But they all basically um, believe in them being perceived as being white people right mm-hmm. um and those that don't and even the dark like people from india i've had it's a whole lot of they get on cold like when i walk into a restaurant there might be some interracial couples stare everybody having a good time but when i walk in all of them the dark hispanics the indians the Asians, everybody will get on cold and look at me some type of way. And you'll hear the little snickering and this and that. Oh, yeah. They've even it, clenched their purses and locked yeah, their doors. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like, yeah, I might be. But see, here's the issue. As soon as there's a war in Asia, if we went to war with India, we went to, you see what I mean? Then all of that gets thrown out the window because now the, this, the white supremacists, they're basically going to say, oh, no, 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 you're not with us anymore. We're going to revoke that card, <laughs> you know. You ain't with us anymore, not really. And you never really was, right? But that's part of the problem with trying to fight white supremacy out here is you got too many people on code with each other against us, unfortunately. And that's why I tell people that you've been in situations where you've had the privilege to see certain things. And I've seen it, too, with even with my own uh, black people who live here who... Uh, tend to have their own anti-black views we've had black people with, that work with you i remember there was a female that worked with you who was black right but she was adopted right mm-hmm. so we know where we're going with this right she was adopted and she was working where you was and what what happened with her ken what tell them what she said comfortably com- real comfortable in front of you when you i think it was at lunch she i think y'all went to lunch or something like that and it was a black female who didn't start there long. I just know something about you saying that she was talking real bad about black people, mm. right? And this was at Prestige. And her husband was white with the one of them beards, like a, you know. Um, that all black men or something. Yeah, the all, that girl. Remember her? Yeah, mm-hmm. she was just saying that black men she's with a white dude <laughs> or whatever and mm-hmm. she was just with her man and that all black men are just not you know they're abusers or they mm-hmm. they beat women and they rape women mm. you know and that they that they nobody you know and she didn't realize that i you know mm-hmm. and this is a black woman yeah she was just saying that all black men rape and uh rape women and they don't care about their kids they just pregnant people and leave them and you know it's just stuff like that and she's like my i that's why i have a white husband or white boyfriend i don't know if it's boyfriend or husband but that's why i'm with him and and she she ended up getting fired Mm -hmm. right (laughs) she ended up getting fired for some some crimes that she did as a black woman right so she's throwing the stereotype but she gets fired right yeah that that was insane you know and but the other girl that was there she got fired and ended up leaving right 
and I guess ended up having other issues. But it goes to show that when when you're adopted, you can also be whitewashed, right? Um, and that's part of the issues that we see in here where we talk about this unity and everybody's together. A lot of these people that I do talk to that are adopted, um, they end up not even knowing who they are as a black person, right? Because they don't understand their own history while they're adopted by um, white parents. And the white parents who says, well, we want more diversity. Well, why are you here in Bend? You know you're not going to get that. You got a black kid. Why are you here in Bend? That makes no sense. And then when they, then what happens is they end up forming these groups, white mothers with adopted children, white mothers with adopted black children or, or children from Africa. Right. Own. If you adopted them, then you should be teaching them. Yeah, their history. Their history. You should be learning how to do their hair. Not yeah, I see them, a lot of that. Yeah. Not having these kids go out there looking crazy because it just, you know, and those kids don't know, you know, they think that it looks okay. And the parents should be more engaged with black people, exactly. right? If, if you're here and you're saying you want diversity, why aren't you engaging with other black people? First of all, there's not enough black people here to engage with if we want no, to be real. Like Everybody's whitewashed. So mentally they might be somewhere else, right? they they might not have the same experiences and that's what i've noticed people have to realize you know also having mixed kids or kids you know adopted kids or whatever they're gonna have our kids they didn't have it easy out here mm -mm. at all nope and when we stayed at the apartments and they come cr rushing and crying saying that these neighbors up front said run these little ends run mm-hmm I remember I mean, that. And then Michaela, you know, being called out names, you know, and everything like that, and having his mom come over mm -hmm. and knock on the door. I remember that. Saying, you know, she was raped mm -hmm. by a black guy while she feels intimidated and everything, while mm -hmm. you're standing there eating the salad by me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that because I remember my answers were, uh, well, my ancestors was raped. Should I be intimidated by you? I remember that, right? And she couldn't say anything, right? She up and left, you know, because the truth is the truth. But, um, yes, but truth be told, her son actually changed. Yeah, he changed, yeah. He changed, he did. both of them did. Yeah. And so change can happen. It's easier for a child to change mm -hmm. than an adult, to me. Um, the school system out here is a joke to me. I went to Ben Lapine School District, and I have when I hear people say, "Oh, they're elected in. This is what change is going to happen. Change not going to happen. It hasn't happened. This school district has failed so many kids." My son still deals with the fact that his son or his best friend killed himself over Ben Lapine School District. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest issues we have. We're getting letters. It's interesting that nonprofits, especially uh, places like Cobla um, and a few other people, are getting letters from these parents uh, saying that their son was called the N-word or they had their hair pulled but see, you or see choked. Who they're turning to. They're coming to Kobla and other people because of the school system failing them. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, 
we've been getting a whole lot of emails and letters um and i know that ricardo and a few others uh shindell and, and people like that have been talking to our school superintendent um but this is a, a major major issue um and yeah i mean it's you know hopefully we can have change but i just don't see it anytime soon we have the most people of color up there but we have certain people that i know um, that i've talked to to say they, they don't even have any power to really do anything and that's sad you know eventually we're just going to have to say hey i ain't worried about the election i'm just going to do what i got to do you know one strike rule or one two three strikes you out rule i'm more concerned about the safety of those all kids but the kids of color as well they need to be able to have a safe environment uh, to learn um, so, yeah, um, it's crazy, but, you know, hopefully we'll get there. So, yeah, this is our first conversation of the couples show or the couples conversation. And um, join me next week when we'll have another conversation. What will it be? I don't know. It's, we're just going to flip a coin and just kind of chat about what we want to chat about. I'm Terrell Young of KPOV. I'll see you soon. You've been listening to a KPOV Critical Conversation. To hear more engaging interviews on important topics, please visit kpov.org slash critical conversations.